This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Asia Torah in the old city of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount. And uh, for those in the Media Club, and please join the Media Club at YomTovMediaClub.com. Uh, we're doing our first event, which will be uh, going on Sunday. Uh, for uh, It'll be a Q&A with the rabbi, yours truly, this Sunday. Uh, which is going to be midnight here. What's that, 6 o'clock East Coast? 5 o'clock East Coast Sunday and 2 o'clock West Coast. Q&A with YomTomediaClub.com. Uh, and you know, what I was, you know what I was thinking? Uh, Tuvia, you know what I was thinking was... Um, I'm not a webinar guy. That's why we're doing questions and answers. You think that's going to go okay? Yeah? Because <laughs> I'm not looking to get into webinars, but I want to do something for the club. So, like, that was the easiest thing to start. So is that with. an event we can come to midnight uh, Sunday here? That's so cute. What? That's so cute. Oh. So cute. Now that, like, what if people could come? Now, I think I should keep it for the club, right? Something exclusive? I don't know. I'll keep it for the club. Yeah. I mean, just You're free Sunday night at midnight? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. What? Are you sleeping at midnight? Let's do it. <clears throat> this week's Parsha is Parsha Shalach, and it's this very strange situation of, of, the, of the Moses sending spies to Israel. Now, our, our sages say that Moses had no interest in sending spies, that the interest was coming from the people. The people were starting to freak, as you can imagine, you know, when you're going into something like as daunting as, as you know, the land of Israel. You've got seven Canaanite nations gnashing their teeth, you know, they, they, they're armed and dangerous. They're also without any moral code whatsoever. It's like, you know, I, I think people feel differently when they go to war with countries that have no moral code, right? You can feel a little differently about that. You know, it's nice to know that there's some level of virtue in a country you're going to war with, uh, as opposed to the Canaanite nations. So the Jews started to free, and I understand them. And they're like, I'm you mind if we just go check the place out? You know, a little reconnaissance, wouldn't that be responsible? And Moses, the answer from Moses was really no. I mean, yes and no. Yes, it's responsible to check things out before you get yourself into them. And no, this isn't appropriate because I'm a prophet. Yo, how's it going? Welcome. Hey, you're closing the door on the rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rabbi who brings food to a family every Shabbos. So he fundraises from our class. Our class pays for a meal for Shabbos. So if anyone afterwards would like to give some money, the change buys drinks and the stuff that folds buys fish and meat. So he and he goes and gets all the food and brings it to a family, which is really nice. So what? You eat some. He eats some. <laughs> While he's stirring the soup. Yeah. <laughs> needs more salt. Yeah. No, he definitely eats some. <laughs> okay, now, um, is it responsible to check things out before you get into them? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Okay, like marriage, for example. Should you check yes, it out? <laughs> definitely you should. 
You're gonna get married. Should you check it out first? For sure. You're gonna you're gonna open a new business. Should you check out the marketplace of that particular industry? Yes, you should. You know, you gotta check things out first, right? Now, how about this? Ready for this? What's your name over there? Adam. Adam. So, Adam. Um, question is, what if you got a voice in your head that we all heard, meaning it was clearly God? It's not like it was just your own craziness. <laughs> He's getting all kinds of voices in his head, but I'm talking about a voice from God that's certified, meaning the chief rabbi of Israel stamps your forehead that what you heard is from God, that you're supposed to marry so-and-so. Would you check her out? Would you see what she looks like first? Would you see if she? Would you want to see if she's healthy? Would you want to see her... Uh, like if she's thin, would you want to see if she's, would you want to see if she's, you know, whatever, like got a personality disorder? <laughs> would you want to check all that stuff out? Yeah, probably. You'd, You'd be one of the spies. That, that's why Moses said, don't go. You understand? Because Moses is like, I'm a prophet. You've all experienced prophecy at Mount Sinai. It's not like you're, you're just trusting me. You were there for the first two commandments of the, you know, the Ten Commandments. Like, you realize I'm the real deal. You heard it yourself from God. You've, su- you've seen the whole THX you know, experience. Surround sound, Omnivax. Omnivax. Sorry, I must be thinking about vaccinations. So, Omnivax. And you've seen it all. Why do you got to go see the land? Why do you got to go check it out? But Adam was it? Mark? Adam? Adam? But Adam's going to go check her out first. <laughs> Amy! Raise your hand if you wouldn't check her out first. You know, there's a famous story of a king. Famous story of a king who... Uh, who... Off, he never let the public see his daughter ever, and he and then he offered her once she was old enough. He offered her hand in marriage, on the condition that whoever takes her hand will have never seen her. He has to marry her without having ever seen her. So who knows what you know? I mean, you know, she could have her legs where her feet are and her feet where her hands are. I mean, there's no way to know what's going on with this girl. So, so I've got one guy, no one wanted her, but after a while, one guy said, I'll take her. And they have this giant royal wedding. Turns out she's, you know, just beautiful and amazing and like real royal, you know, a royal catch. And the, about half a year later, the, the groom, who's now married to the king's daughter, asked for another marriage. He asked for another marriage. You know this one? Yeah. He asked for another marriage. He's meaning to marry her again. Like, I want another royal marriage. And the king's like, what do you mean? You're already married. And he says, well, the first time I married her, I was marrying her because she's your daughter. Meaning I'm marrying the daughter of the king. But now that I've gotten to know her, 
Now I want to marry her for who she is. By the way, it's a deep story, and it's actually has nothing to do with our class. So I apologize for telling it. It's not, but it is based on a true story of the Jewish people. Because at Shavuot night, you know this one? Shavuot night, we got the Torah from God. And we, we received it because God's giving it. But after we get a while to look at it, comes Simcha's Torah when we finish the whole Torah. And we tell God, like, we want another day. Like, give us a day to dance. Give us a day to dance with our bride. And we want to dance with the Torah. And that's the that's simplest story. You never heard that that story given over about simplest story. So it's nice, nice. Uh, it's told. They usually tell that one around around Sukkot time, going into simplest Torah. Now, but that was an art story. So Moses is like, "Don't go," and they're like, "We want to go." What's the principle, everybody? The principle is two. One is that when you have a directive from God, don't ask. Just don't ask. Just go. You got a directive from God? Just go for it. Adam, you just, you say, I do. Yeah? <laughs> when you got a directive from God, you just say, I do. That's it. You're going in. And because you got the directive from God. Now, how do you know you have a directive from God? Well, sometimes we don't know. So the answer is, is you have to distinguish whether the thing you're about to do is a whether it is a mitzvah or whether it's an elective. If it's a mitzvah, it's a directive from God. Just go for it. Don't worry about the details. Just go for it. If it's an elective, so then now you've got to think about whether or not to go for it, so you better check things out. Like a business is an elective, so you better check it out. Now, just want to tell you one more thing. How do you know? How do you know when you're doing something and you're getting all kinds of obstacles in your way that you're supposed to keep going? So it's the same answer. If it's a mitzvah, all the obstacles are only there to give you more reward. Whereas when it's an elective, that's God saying, get out. Okay, and that's God trying to save you. Clear? So if it's a mitzvah, all the obstacles, you know how they say obstacles in, uh, in Hebrew? There's many different ways, but one of them, that's the one we're going to look at, is the word miniya uh, or miniyos, miniyot, miniyot. And what's cool about that word is it's, got, it's the same letters as the word na'im or ni'imut. It's the same letters as pleasant or sweet. Why? Because when you're off to do a real mitzvah, not, a, not an elective, but a real mitzvah, and there's obstacles in your way, so when you bust through those obstacles, the sweeter it gets. And you keep pushing on. So the Jews ultimately shouldn't have gone to spy out the land. They shouldn't have gone on their reconnaissance mission. Not a big deal um, had they done it with the right frame of mind, which we'll speak about in a minute. But the but they really shouldn't have altogether. They should have just gone in and let God do his miracles. You know, I mean, don't forget they were going in with the ark in front of them fighting the battle. Like, can you imagine taking our most precious position and putting it in front of them? But that, they, the ark led us into battle. Like, like they would carry the ark 
in, in the front lines of the, of the wars we were in. And who knows what the Ark was doing. I mean, if you think about it, the Ark's like this freaky thing. First of all, it's a, it's a conductor, an electric conductor. So who knows what that Ark was up to, right? It's got, it's got uh, copper, which is a conductor, very serious conductor. Sorry, copper, sorry, it's got gold, which is a conductor. Then it's got wood, a non-conductor, and then, and then gold. And that's exactly how you make electric circuits, is to have a conductor, a non-conductor, and a conductor. Then it's got wood staves covered in gold that are attached to it permanently. They can never come out. Whereas all the other ones come in and out. This one, they have to be connected. What's the permanence of them? Is that they were probably really locked in there, such that the conductors would do their thing when they fought battles. So who knows what was going on over there with this arc. And the arc was, was heavy duty. And... Um, The principle is, when coming to the land of Israel, the principle is that when you know what you're supposed to do, just go for it. We're supposed to just go for it. There's a certain go-for-it attitude that you're supposed to have in life. And um, I know one thing that always bothers me is uh, when I'm in the mikvah, and, you know, I'm just kind of soaking away in the, let's say, the warm. You know, it's about 105. And, uh, and there's also hot and cold pools. Once in a while, a guy will come in there, and he'll, he'll feel each, each pool. Actually, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me when I'm swimming in a pool, and someone's coming swimming, and they feel the pool. as if he's not going in. But you know what I mean? The guy's coming swimming. Once you've got your mind set on something, just go for it. Just go for it. You don't have to test the water. You know? Now, of course, that can be a little irresponsible. Um, so, you know, as long as it's responsible, test it. Okay. Yeah. What about the concept of, like, going our furthest? We're trying our hardest to be prepared and not rely on miracles. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about that we're supposed to not rely on miracles, we're supposed to do our part? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, so reconnaissance, just doing a pure reconnaissance, just to see how, how... Let's put it like this. When you're coming to the land of Israel, you're, and this includes you today, any of you live here permanently? Okay, three of us. So... <laughs> When you come to the land of Israel, for those of you when when you move here, during the you know the civil war of whatever country you're from, and you decide maybe we should leave, the um, so anyway when when you decide you're going to leave, anyway when you make Aliyah, you don't come to see if you can make it. You come to see how you'll make it. Joshua and Kalev were two of the 12 spies. They came, only came to see how. It was pure reconnaissance. The other 10 spies who blew it, they came to see if. And in my almost three decades here in Israel, I've seen a lot of people try to move here. 
try is the main point. And and you sometimes you meet these people and they're like, yeah, I'm just seeing if I can make it here. And you're like, shh, don't say that. Don't say that. Like that is the lesson from this week's parsha. Like, that's a great way to never make it here. And by the way, God never let those guys come here. They weren't. They died in the desert. Those other ten died in the desert, and everyone who believed them died in the desert. The whole generation died in the desert, believing them that that the land was too formidable to conquer. Like you don't want to ever say that you're coming to Israel to see how it treats you. You are allowed to come to Israel and see how you're going to make it, where you're going to live, what kind of job you're going to get, what bank. I mean, you got to make a choice of a bank. You got to choose. You got to choose which coupa. You know, we have. We have. Yeah. It's your first time in class with Aviva, I see. Oh. We, Thanks yeah. for rewarding them. <laughs> yeah, Aviva just laughs at everything. Yeah, she's yeah. the best. Sometimes when I'm in a funny mood, it really, the whole class goes wild. <laughs> but she's the one making it happen. You know, but when I'm in a mood like this where I'm not f- very funny, so it's just kind of off the wall. <laughs> it's funny, I haven't even noticed once this whole class. I notice you more than I notice her because you know, I'm just used to having her here. Anyway, by the way, you're famous. All my oh, students who really? watch my live feeds, oh. I have students who watch this every day. So I better do They it. all know you by name. I, when I was just in New York, I was like, how's Aviva? Oh, wow, that's so awesome. Yeah. I should go to New York. No, you shouldn't. For a visit, for a visit, for a visit. <laughs> Maybe you'll go on tour with me. I have a, tr- a book tryout coming up next night, actually, in New York. You wrote a book? Um, my children's books. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. So, I was kidding about coming with me to New York. Oh, you were. My wife would love that. <laughs> I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for my own ticket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... Hey, do you hear my latest business idea? Why? This is an amazing idea. <laughs> Check this out. This is a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to do online therapy. You told me this. I told you this? Yeah. You it's your idea. It was my idea. You were like, it was my idea for you. Yeah. Yeah, but I realized that you can do this. I can do this. Of we course. can create a network. Together. Yeah, that's what I was saying, because I, I had the idea for another guy I met today who was a therapist. Yeah. But that already exists. Oh, it does? Yeah. No, online no, not therapy? The way, not the way he's thinking about it. No, you, ever, you, you, they come for free. What do you mean? He's the, going to the, do therapy and broadcast it. And the whole world could watch it. So it's universal free, therapy. It's free therapy. Free therapy for the, for the client. I mean, obviously only one in 20 people is going to... One in 20... Of 20 poor people can't afford therapy, 19 are going to say, I'm not putting my stuff out there. Well, one's going to say he, he is because he needs the therapy. And it's worth it to him. And it's good therapy, meaning the, the organization is only going to have the best therapist. And, and then people watch live, th- what do you think of this? Live therapy. Like they ask questions in the comment section, like... No, they're out of it. This is therapy. Reality therapy. Oh, take the advice. Uh, and how many people are going to resonate with what the guy's going through? It'll be a trauma situation. 
How many people have had trauma? Like tons, millions of people have dealt with trauma. But how many people are going to be willing to spill their guts to... Of the, uh, one, in, one in, let's say, a couple thousand, but let's say there's 20 people who must have therapy but can't afford it. One of the 20. Well, obviously, you'll do what you can to make them anonymous. Why? <laughs> no, no, that's half, the, that's half the beauty of it. Oh, they don't care. Doesn't it sound great? And, and people, they go for free... But to subscribe to the show, to watch this, I mean, you imagine how many women are going to watch this. To watch this, you're going to, let's say, I don't know what's the right amount, 10 bucks a month or something, or 10 bucks a session, or 5 bucks a session, or $2 a session. I don't know how much. Wow, that's 5 bucks a month. 5 bucks a month. You want to compete with Netflix. Isn't that an awesome business? Yeah, reality show. Reality, yeah, reality therapy. Reality therapy. <clears throat> yeah, people people who, who won't come to you personally. They're not really prepared to, to change themselves. If they want to just do another another video, do another another online experience, I mean, that, that, they lack commitment. Well, we'll be careful with who we choose. We'll make sure this person's like been majorly molested. Majorly molested. That's nice. I'm kidding. No, meaning I mean, he, he's right. You'll get people who just want a little fame. No. We need someone with serious issues. No, no, we just got to be. Scre- we have to have some screen up no, it's to help you for people to just. People free who are, who are going to be, you know, because we don't want therapy resistant people. We want people that's going to help them. Yeah, who cares why they're coming on? We give the person in the chair at least free therapy. They get free therapy. Maybe open others to therapy. Well, more important is the therapy that's going out to everyone who resonates with the person. Yeah. Meaning, we're gonna we're gonna choose the people based on how much the world would resonate with it. And if someone has such a unique problem, like I don't know, they were like uh, they were like their parents left them by accident in Africa. You know, like, how many times does that happen to anybody? You know, that's not resonatable. No, but that can resonate like a parent's abandoning you, abandoning you, abandonment. Yeah, I guess that works for any abandonment. We're all messed up, so the world is relate. I think it could be great. I think it really could be great. And I also think that therapists who get like ideas from heaven, like they literally like grabbing ideas from heaven to help people. I mean, the real, the real thing that will work. I think that you're more likely to get that idea if you're on the spot like that. Meaning, I, I, I've noticed that there's certain frames of mind I get in where I will get answers for people that it's the answer, and I would never have thought about it. I never learned about it. I never heard about it. Never read about it. And it just, boom, just comes out of my mouth for this person. I think those would come out every time if you knew it was live and it was the whole world was counting on this. Like, you'd feel the weight of it, and then it would, it would just come out. If the person's at home sitting in front of their computer, it's just, it's just, it's not really going to make a difference, I think. It might. For sure it would. How do you know? Even if it made a difference from that day, but I think it'll even, for some people, they'll make a big difference altogether. Plus, you may, um, I don't know if you guys do this, I think the only way to be an honest therapist is to refer people out from your therapy to ones that are better for them. And what it will do is open the world up to all those options. Oh, listen to this one. Listen to this crazy one. Is that you have organizations that you refer to also pay a certain amount to be the ones that you refer to. Seminars, 
you know, big seminars in the world. You know, Dale, people and making Yeah, this guy's got social anxiety, so Dale Carnegie pays ten grand a year for you to for you to recommend Dale Carnegie. You know, for for public speaking or something. Wow. Do you like good stage Okay, here we go. Um, listen, here's the thing. You never come to Israel with how am I gonna make it? You come to Israel with sorry, you never come to Israel for if I'm going to make it, let me make it come for how I'm going to make it. Now, what kind of mindset is the how I'm going to make it? What's that guy's real mindset? So the real mindset of someone saying how I'm going to make it is meaning a true reconnaissance. The real mindset for how I'm going to make it in Israel is, is that I'm coming to Israel with a commitment to never go back. I'm coming to Israel with a commitment to never go back. Like, I'm committed to never go back, no matter what. Meaning, the guy's coming to Israel, even if he's going to have to starve, die, or raise his family in a tin can. Or in a tent. Like, they're not leaving. They're not leaving. You know, who knows what war that was, where they got to the country they were fighting, and the head of the army burned the boats they came on? Yeah. That one was old. Was it the Romans coming to Israel, maybe? <laughs> no, no, I, I forget which war that was. I'm sure someone's going to comment on that. But uh, there was a war where the, the, head of the, the head of the army burned the boats. I Meaning you're never going back to your families. You, like, Meaning you can win. You can win and take their boats back home. But losing is not an option here. Because you're never going home. We're not retreating. And then they won. So, so the uh, so this is the kind of move to Israel someone makes. You know the reason they have those ropes on their shoulders with the street with the nail on it in, in American army. Yeah. Because in Roman times they they, they, they carried a rope and a nail because they were hanging themselves on a tree that they didn't win and then come back. That's why the tradition in America. Really. String with the, with the little symbolic nail. That they would hang themselves on a tree. Right, rather than come back if they didn't, they lost. <laughs> That's weird. I never heard I of that. I learned that from a colonel in the army who was a big conductor when I was a kid. Who was that. So you guys got the picture. You come in committed. You come in the land of Israel committed when you move here. Now, unfortunately. There are a lot of people who would never move here. And I understand them because they're secular Jews who don't believe in the prophecies of Israel. And that's, that's sad. It's a sad loss. But there's something sadder. There's a bunch of people who wouldn't move here who do believe in the prophecies. And... And this is something that's been such a mystery to me. I never understood. I still don't understand. And I'm visiting these places all the time, you know, because I travel quite a bit and I go to these places. And, and I have to keep my mouth shut. I've been, you know, I've gone on Shabbatones in America where, where, you know, they're hiring me to lead a Shabbos. And one of the things they're just saying, like, this is all on condition that you don't mention moving to Israel, oh, to our community. Aye, aye. Yeah, had that several times. Please don't bring up moving to Israel to our community. That's, 
That's the rule. Which just means I overdid it last time. I must have overdone it. Uh, that they. What? Well, Maybe someone else did. One time. One time you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's that. I can't get over. It. Can't get over the mystery. Like, it's just such a mystery. Maybe it's maybe the reason I don't understand it is because I took all this on because I actually believed the prophecy was true. I mean, like it would have been a cold day in hell that you get me to strap black boxes on my body. You understand? Like, that just wasn't going to happen. Like I'm not, I'm not that into leather, you know. Like I'm not strapping black boxes on. And, and to not be playing my guitar or surfing or mountain biking on Shabbos, I, I would have to be believing that the prophecy was real. Maybe that's my issue. I think maybe I'm finally uncovering this. That my issue is that I actually believe this is true. And it could be that a lot of these other people think Judaism's a religion. And... You take it seriously if you're an observant Jew. I guess that's who the Orthodox Jews are. You call them Orthodox. But they, if you're an observant Jew, obviously you keep Shabbat, and you keep kosher, etc., etc. Because you're an observant Jew. But like a religious person, like a Christian. Like a Christian also, I don't know what they do. I mean, they say Hail Mary a couple times. or I don't know what Christians do. Or you're Muslim, I see them sometimes on cardboard bowing south. So, like, that's what they do. Do they know it's true? Do they actually believe the prophecy is real? I imagine they do, but do they really know it's true? They probably were raised doing this. Either that or have really low IQs and got caught up in it later in life. Meaning you can have a high IQ but be raised in something. Or you can have a low IQ and, and get into something, like a belief system. So, you know, any kind of, every religion seems to have a narrative and you know half of them are conflicting with each other and people seem to be very committed to these conflicting narratives so it's like really makes religion an issue now again only a low IQ person would be involved in a conflicting narrative with another billion people who have a conflicting narrative I mean, obviously you have to have a low IQ for that unless you're raised in it you could have a totally high IQ and still be an adherent to that particular tradition because you're born and raised in it, you're dipped in it. So the, uh, but the thing is, I was raised, you know, not in it and then introduced to it only to discover it was real. And so moving to Israel became just another mitzvah. You understand? There's like, I keep kosher, I put on tefillin and I keep Shabbat, I live in Israel. Like, they're all the same. They're all the same, you know. It's all one prophecy. It's one, you know, it's, that's the Torah. You know, like, it's not a pick-and-choose festival here. You know, it's not dinner or a movie. It's not milk and surflations. It's, it's, you know, this isn't a big choice here. Just like I don't choose to fill in that today or not to fill in today. It's, that's the mitzvah. So they're on, and the mitzvah is to be in Israel. So I think I finally discovered the issue here. Uh, except what would be the obvious question? The obvious question would be other Bali Chuva who choose to live 
outside of Israel. But you'll notice they do feel generally guilty. And when I speak to them, they tell me all the reasons why they're there without me even asking them. I mean, I was just trying to ask them what kind of beer they're drinking. <laughs> you know, it's like a kiddish or something. I'm like, what is that? You know, and they're like, the reason I'm here is because, you know, I teach in the afternoons. <laughs> just ask them about your beer. You know, but, but they, they do seem to have more sense of shame, you know, out there. Whereas, whereas everyone else is like shameless. You know, you know what I'm talking about. People are shameless about not living in Israel. But I'll tell you the guys I love, and I'm going to end with this because I'm over time. The guys I love, I, I see them on my flights a lot. The LL flight Thursday night is when you come back for Shabbos. So it's unfortunately the only airline that flies Thursday night is LL to come back for Shabbos. And the, that flight is, I mean, a direct flight where you can finish working, get on and come back for Shabbos. What? From New York Friday? I mean Thursday? Evening? Flying back to New York Thursday night right now. Yeah, that, that everyone flies. Anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for telling me that. I appreciate you know, telling me that. Anyway, the um, United. I meet these guys on the flight. I met one this week. He's a, he's a psychiatrist from Ariel, and he works in New York. So I'm like, well, what are you doing in Israel? He's like, just because I work in New York doesn't mean my family has to be raised outside of Israel. I'm like, well, don't they miss you? I'm like, yes, they miss me tremendously, but, but it's too big a price to pay. Just because the hospital I work in is in New York doesn't mean my kids have to be raised amongst, you know, in the United States of Asaph. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Shalom, shalom. Uh, please, everyone, please, everyone, dig in a little bit. You'll feel... You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.